You're listening to the Eat with Grace podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Jackie Neinheis, registered dietitian and professor of culinary medicine. And I am your co-host, Brooke Fredrickson, registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. And we are here to challenge a culture around food and nutrition from a biblical perspective. Today, we're going to look at different kinds of things in our lives that can become idols. And one thing um, you got to start with is what is the definition of an idol? It could be anything that steals our lives and our attention away from God. So many times in our lives, there are really good things, positive things that we start to put on the throne instead of Christ and Christ kind of at first just gets moved over. And then pretty soon he gets pushed out and without even realizing it, we have made this, this thing that used to be really good as some great, big, huge thing in our lives that is taking over. Um, We're going to talk about some of the different idols. What kind of things can you think of Brooke? In terms of what we're going to talk about today, I think the three main ones uh, are going to be the idolatry of food. Uh, We'll talk about the idolatry of exercise. And then I think what encompasses those together is just the idolatry of our physical bodies and putting our bodies up on this pedestal, right, that they're not supposed to be in. So those are the those are the three categories we're going to talk about today. Um, And I guess when it comes to the idolatry of food, I think this could show up in a few different ways. Um, And I'm not sure what your thoughts are on this, Jackie, but I see the idolatry of food in both like this obsession with with healthy eating. And um, I I see it in like that clean eating type movement, right? This organic, clean, pure type thing where we put certain foods up and we elevate them above others. I can see that kind of becoming an idol in people thinking that if they eat this way, that they are better because they eat that way, right? It creates kind of this sense of of pride or self-righteousness in something, in someone. And so there's that, there's that of it too. But then there's also the, the opposite end of the spectrum where I think people will idolize food in terms of the pleasure of food and eating food to provide them comfort and pleasure. And that's all they focus on. And they're eating a lot of foods that aren't necessarily nourishing to their bodies, but they might just be nourishing to their emotions at the time. And so you see this dichotomy of um, super healthy eating being an idol and maybe really, you know, I, I hate to say the word unhealthy, but right, making, making, poor choices most of the time, eating, uh, also becoming an idol. But the thing that makes them similar and makes them both, you know, pseudo idol or like idols in their, in their lives is, is the attention and the amount of focus and the amount of, of energy or devotion that they put into these things. I think that's, that's where it is. Cause like you said, the the definition of idolatry is anything that comes in place of, of God. Yeah. The promise in Romans eight twenty eight that God works for our good in all things. I think that God said all these things are good and man has a way of misaligning and 
turning things around, in making what God meant for good, you know, people use for evil. That happens with so many different things in our lives. And then Christians might go the opposite direction and abstain totally from that. And in the Bible, Paul talks about abstaining from um, meat that was given to idols. And the interesting thing about that passage is Paul didn't really have a problem with, with the meat itself or eating it. Mm-hmm. It was it was the attitude and um, the background and the circumstances of, of the individuals. And so it really does come down for, to an individual. And what is okay for one person might not be for another person. So we've been talking a little bit, you were talking about how uh, different things of food could become idols from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. We can also look at that for exercise. There's exercise that's beneficial and it's good for our bodies, but you have to look at the individual. And if, if someone has an unhealthy relationship with exercise, then, then running a marathon might not be a healthy practice for them because they, um, you're, you're as likely to make exercise an idol as anything else. I mean, it, it seems like there are certain things that are easy to make idols. And I'd say food and exercise are two of those. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you said at the beginning, a lot of these things are good. Like we can make idols out of good things. And so it's really hard, I think, to kind of know where that limit is or that boundary is between, is this me just um, wanting to take care of my body and steward it well? Or is this becoming too much in my life? And I think that line is going to be very different for every person. It's going to be variable depending on that person's lifestyle, where they're at spiritually. If someone is, you know, devoting a ton of their their time and their energy, their lifestyle, uh, you know, to God and still able to steward their body well and run marathons. I think that's great. Um, but if, you know, if you find yourself sacrificing maybe some of the things that God has called you to do for the sake of eating a certain way or exercising a certain way, maybe it's not, maybe it's not in, in your best interest and maybe that's where that line is crossed. And so, so yeah, I, I think that's really important. Also with exercise, we know that when we exercise too much, there can actually be significant health risks to that, right? We're actually more prone to injury. A lot of times people who are really obsessed with and with exercise don't necessarily feed themselves well, like they're not refueling well. It can very easily cross into that line of uh, disordered eating because exercise is actually considered a type of purging, right? People will eat uh, a certain way or they might even binge and instead of throwing it up like some people would in bulimia, they go and they overexercise uh, to compensate. And so that in and of itself is a, is a serious medical condition that needs to be addressed. But I can see how some people do get to that point, especially if they've chronic dieted their whole lives and they just have this, this exercise weight loss correlation, right? 
in, in their mind where every time they want to lose weight, they, they need to exercise or they only exercise when they want to lose weight. It can easily slip into that area of disordered eating with excessive exercise if that's the way that person's mind is, is thinking about it and working that way. You know, one of the verses that I really like is James 1, 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And I think about um, exercise. I think that is just a wonderful gift to be able to be active and to get moving. Um, but what we do with that gift is important you know, to make sure that what we're doing does glorify God. So whether mm -hmm. how we eat or how we exercise or how we do other things, that um, it is for God's glory. That means that it's not yeah. going to push out those things that are eternal in our life. And I also just want to point out here, maybe a little off the subject, but um, like, who doesn't, the last part of that verse was who does not change like shifting shadows. You think about our nutrition knowledge and the, uh, the information that we get out of research labs, that we get out of the media, that we get out of the popular literature, you know, it is changing constantly, but we have to know that nutrition and the way it works in our bodies does not change from one generation to the next generation, because every good and perfect gift is from above. And the father doesn't change like the shifting shadows. And I see nutrition as shifting like um, these shadows. And it's, it's hard to explain how we went from eggs being so high in cholesterol that you shouldn't eat any and um, to the point that eggs are healthy, they're high in protein, and they're beneficial in the diet. And then maybe to a point that um, that's hurting the chicken, and we shouldn't be uh, taking something from the chicken that is needed for uh, life or whatever. So that's three different, very shifting kinds of perspectives on it. And when we talk about food idols, any one of those three perspectives could become like a food idol. And so we have been given so many good and perfect gifts, and we just have to constantly reassess, constantly look at, at these different gifts that we've been given and make sure that we keep them in the proper relationship and the proper perspective. Right. And when you talk about nutrition research, um, there's there's so many good things that have come from nutrition research. Like we've been able to eradicate nutrition def deficiencies and things like that. But when we look at diets and overall diets and eating patterns and all of the different research out there, uh, it is important to make sure that we're looking at um, big picture, you know, and not getting hyper focused on individual nutrients. And so. I think there's always good intention behind the research. And I think that the science always kind of points back to uh, the creation story. I think it always points back to a, you know, that we are created beings and our bodies utilize nutrients in this way and that the food was created to supply those nutrients and we should get our nutrients from those food. And so I think it, it 
very well, it actually makes the point stronger that, that God created us and created food to nourish our bodies. And that's, that's where it goes. And I think over time, we, we will see that, that it just keeps going back. We know that fruits and vegetables are good. We know that whole grains are good. We know that any food in its whole form um, provides really good nutrients to our bodies and our bodies function the best when you eat a variety of those foods. And yes, from animals and from plants. And so I love that. I try to focus on that when, when I think of scientific research that way, uh, just focus on how it's actually pointing us back to God and to the creator and not, not taking it away from us. I think it's, it's kind of a cool thing that way, but. Very well said. And I want to pull out a word that you used, hyper-focused. And I think that relates really well to food idols to, and to exercise idols, because anything that we're hyper-focused on, that might be a red flag for that has become an idol in our lives. Yep. So, Just like we talked about in the last part, podcast on gluttony, it's giving too much attention to something. It's being too focused. It's being too indulgent in one particular thing. And if that's food for you, whether it's healthy food or unhealthy food, both of those are an issue. If it's exercise, both of those are an issue. Um, the other thing we want to talk about is just the idolization of our bodies in general, which I think is what drives these obsessions with food and exercise, right? It's, a, it's our bodies. It's our physical bodies. It's this uh, putting, putting our bodies up on this pedestal and trying to get them to look a certain way. Uh, in the way that society deems acceptable. And so our bodies in and of themselves can become idols. If, if we take that verse literally about our bodies being a temple, you know, some people, some people look at that as our bodies should be worshiped. Like our bodies should be this like pristine, beautiful, perfect thing and anything less than that is unacceptable. And so we need to make sure that we're keeping in perspective what our physical bodies were made for, what their purpose is. And it's, it's not to look a certain way. And there's nothing in the Bible that supports that. So, And Jesus's number one focus throughout his entire ministry was on the kingdom of God. And um, when we think of the kingdom that's going to come, we have to think about things that make an eternal difference. And when we have a focus on our bodies, we have to think about it. Was that a part of Jesus's focus? And if we want to be like-minded, we need to follow his example that our body shape, our body size, our, our body image, none of those really make any eternal difference. And so they were probably, that's probably why the Bible doesn't even talk about them while G, why Jesus didn't have a focus on any of those things. And so when we put our focus on them, we are definitely taking our focus away from something else. And it's probably away from those things that, that God has us to focus on. Yeah, no, I agree. I think like you said, the whole definition of idolatry is uh, putting putting something else before God. And when we look at even the Ten Commandments, right? Um, the the very first commandment is, "You shall not have um, you shall have no other gods before me." 
And, you know, it, it is the commandment on idols. No, we're not literally worshiping our bodies or, you know, um, make, making graven images of them. But if we have this, this image in our mind of what this perfect body is, and if we do all we can to try to get to that perfect body and all of our time and energy and thoughts go into it, that is borderline. Um, it could be borderline idolatry, right? Depending on where your heart is. And so I know we've talked about in previous podcasts about our motivation. I think your motivation and your intention makes a huge difference behind all of this. And it is as Christians, we, we should be keeping our, our mind on heavenly things, right? On eternal things, on kingdom matters, and not specifically on earthly things all the time. Um, and it's not like a one-time done that right. kind of thing. It is a constant monitoring of my heart because I've gone through different times where I've made um, food, different foods an idol, where I've made different work that I'm doing an idol, or I've done different um, exercises become an idol, or times where um, uh, my body. Uh, structure, etc., has become an idol. So I have to constantly look at myself and say, you know, am I keeping my focus on Jesus and those things that that He would have me to focus on? And um, you know, a simple prayer of um, Lord, show me what's in my heart and what needs to um, be repented of. And also when we ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness of those unknown sins, when we don't even realize that we're putting um, something before God. But usually when we have an open and contrite heart, God will show us, God will show us when we've put something before him. And sometimes I pray, Lord, let me get rid of those idols because I don't want this to be a really hard, difficult, um, incredibly broken time for me. I mean, I just, yeah. I just, I wanted to get rid of them now instead of later. Yeah. But um, in my life, both times have happened where I've been able to get something, get rid of the idols immediately. And other times where it's a deep seated thing, that's very, very difficult to get rid of. That's when sometimes you need to talk with a dietitian, or you need to talk with, with someone who, who knows about um, having a healthy relationship with food or a healthy relationship with exercise or a healthy relationship with your own body. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the the best tests that you can do to see like, are any of these things becoming an idol or becoming way too important in my life is just to ask yourself, would I be willing to give this up? Would I be willing to give this up for the sake of Jesus? And if you can answer that question, honestly, I think that's how you, that's how you would know, you know, uh, something super simple. Someone posted on social media one time that I was kind of taken back by. And I was like, Whoa, maybe, maybe that's something that I need to look at. But it was it was literally coffee, like, has how important is coffee to you every day? Would you be willing to give up coffee? For the sake of Jesus? And if if what wells up in you is, Oh, my gosh, I would never give that up. I can't give that up. Then that's too important, right? Um, whether it's a specific food like that, something is 
harmless as drinking coffee, if you won't give it up for the sake of Christ, then that thing has a hold on you, right? That is, that is some form of bondage that has a hold on you. No, it's not harming you. No, it's not a bad thing. But if you're not willing to lay it at the feet of Jesus and to like w- come with an open hand and to like surrender that to him, then yes, it's way too important to you. So place any, any food item in there or any way of eating in there. If you won't give up that for the sake of Jesus, if you're holding onto it so tightly, then yes, you are bordering idolatry. And that would be something that you could, um, I guess, think about, consider repenting of, I guess, you know, your, your relationship with Jesus is between you and him. But I, um, I thought that was, that was a really way, good way of looking at it. Cause I had never thought of it, even in terms of simple things like coffee, like, would I be willing to give up coffee? And if, if, if it kind of wells up in me, oh my gosh, well then maybe, maybe I need to reevaluate my relationship with coffee. So, you know, there are a lot of different relationships that we um, can think about uh, reevaluating, you know, so often in our lives, I'm asking God, I need this, or I have this prayer for this healing, or I have this prayer for, um, for this need and this need and this need and, and bless me, Lord, bless me. And, you know, we think about all those things that we want him to bless us with. And maybe, maybe what we're looking for is a certain body image. Like we have this idea in the head, Lord, help me achieve this. And we have this idea of how we want to look and how we want our, our bodies to be. But if we are not willing to give up that image of how we want to look, right. then we have to think about, is that in itself become an idol? And it has taken the place of what Jesus has said, I have created you in my image I know your needs and desires, and I know those things that are going to draw you nearer to me. But if, if we had the choice of either having this perfect body image or perfect body, or we could have Jesus on the throne, you know, which would we choose? And if we would choose to have this perfect body over anything else, then we know that we have put it in, we have hyper-focused on the wrong thing. And um, God has said, if you need me, I will be there. Well, if we had everything perfect in our lives, if we had everything exactly like we wanted, would we ever need him? And there are some things that he leaves us with that he doesn't change, that he doesn't heal, that he doesn't fix. And I know in my own life, those are the things that draw me closer to him. 100%. Yes. We are not promised an easy, perfect life here. In fact, we are promised the opposite. We will have trouble. Like Jesus says, we will have trouble here. We will be persecuted. Um, We will have trials and tribulation, but right. Take heart. I've overcome the world. So and some of those, that. yeah, some of those trials are going to be our weight. Mm-hmm. Some of those trials are going to be um, physical illness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. And so the best thing that we can do is, of, 
like like you were mentioning, you know, we bring everything to Jesus. We repent of of sins that we know of. We make sure that we're not putting too much emphasis, too much emphasis on the physical, um, which again we are always going to be tempted with. I think with our society and the culture around us, we are always going to be tempted to want to put more emphasis right on the physical than we probably should. Uh, but again, this this comes back to again. Romans 12, 2, transforming our mind, renewing our mind, right? And thinking in terms of how Jesus wants us to think about our bodies and about the world. And that's that's not to to put them up on these pedestals, but to remember that that we're here for his glory. We're here to worship him. We are here to carry out his mission and making sure that that is, that is staying the primary focus of of our lives. Well said, well said. And as we close today, let's just close with the idea from James 1.17, that every good and perfect gift is from above. And he has given us these wonderful things to keep in our in perspective. Yes, he has. All right. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.